Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, September 27th. Today on the show, we've got the good, Titans, the bad, Vols, and the ugly, Vanderbilt, from the weekend of football. To all of you out there who are even contemplating, even thinking about doing some work on your home, a major remodel, a custom build, whatever it may be, it's a long process. It takes a lot of time, a lot of thought, and you need to be talking to people well in advance before you make these decisions to get all of your information lined up to make sure you know your budget, your timeline, your plan, and your strategy. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. BuildKG.com is the website. I bet you if you talk to them, you may not even use them. It may not be the right fit for you, but you will get something out of the conversation because they will help you with your process because that is what they do better than anybody else. They're locally owned and award-winning for a reason because of their process. Go to BuildKG.com and check out their work and give them a call. The Kingston Group. It's very hard to win football games losing the turnover battle three to nothing, but that is what the Titans did on Sunday in their first AFC South matchup of the season. Tennessee controlled the clock and the game in their 25-16 win over the Colts to move to 2-1 on the year and take a commanding early lead in the division. It was yet another example of a very imperfect team finding a way to win even if they made it harder on themselves than it probably had to be. And of course, it helps when Derrick Henry can touch the football another 31 times. A.J. Brown didn't catch a pass and missed most of the game with a hamstring injury. Julio Jones didn't play most of the second half with no postgame explanation from a visibly upset Mike Vrabel. And Ryan Tannehill made a couple of big mistakes to keep the Colts in the game. But once again, the Titans quarterback came up big when it counted the most. He led two clock-draining fourth-quarter scoring drives in which he picked up critical first downs by scrambling. He finished with 56 yards rushing, his second-highest rushing total of his career. He also delivered in the red zone with three touchdown passes to Chester Rogers, Jeremy McNichols, and Nick Westbrook-Akine, just like we all expected. Henry finished with 113 yards on 28 carries as the Titans had almost 10 more minutes time of possession. It was the sixth consecutive 100-yard game against AFC South foes for the big running back. It also allowed the defense to tee off on an injured and obviously very limited quarterback in Carson Wentz, who was sacked twice and forced to throw the ball 37 times for just 192 yards, many times well before he wanted to. The Colts, who have pounded the football with success in the past against Tennessee, mustered only 87 yards rushing on the day. And once again, the Titans were very good on third down defense, stopping the Colts on nine of their 12 third down attempts. They also got a couple of those critical stops deep in their own red zone, keeping the Colts from finishing drives with touchdowns. Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold were both back in the lineup and were a big part of Henry's success. The loss moves the Colts to 0-3 on the year, their worst start since 2011, and now the Titans will carry a two-game winning streak into a Week 4 matchup with the lowly New York Jets, while the rest of the AFC South is a combined 1-5 on the season. As they say in the NFL... Just win, baby. In the end, the Florida Gators won their fifth straight and 16th out of 17 against Tennessee in a 38-14 second-half blowout. But it was at least pretty darn fun for the first half. After Tennessee had two big passing touchdowns from Hendon Hooker, a 47-yarder and a 75-yarder, to take a lead early in the second quarter, the Florida Gators simply suffocated the Vols on both sides of the ball. Florida finished the game with four consecutive touchdowns on offense while pitching a shutout over the final 40 minutes of play, which included the Vols' final seven possessions. 
Hendon Hooker started and showed signs of life with those big pass plays I just talked about. He finished 13 of 23 for 221 yards and two touchdowns without an interception and averaged an impressive 9.6 yards per attempt. And the offense ran the ball for 148 yards in the swamp, which is better than Alabama did last week. But Florida showed why they almost beat Alabama last week by just grinding the Tennessee team down into a pulp on both sides of the ball. The Gators ran the ball 40 times for 283 yards at 7.1 yards per carry. Emory Jones threw for 209 yards and rushed for 144, becoming the first Florida quarterback to throw for over 200 and rush for over 100 since Tim Tebow did it back in 2009. The Vols did plenty of things well, and there are plenty of positives Josh Heupel can take away from the game. But in the end, they simply are not good enough to not play perfectly against top-flight SEC competition. Let's just say making a critical catch in the fourth down on a critical series, trailing by 10 in the third quarter, trying to get back into the game. Or maybe the quarterback missing wide-open receivers on scramble drills. Just, you know, those things, for example. This team is definitely buying into what the new coaching staff is selling, however, and I like the body language and fight from this team once again, even in a second-half blowout. But there is still just too large a talent gap between the Vols and the upper half of this conference for them to win many of these types of games this year unless they play near-perfect football. There is some good news, however, as the rest of the SEC East continues to look questionable behind Florida and Georgia. So the Vols may have more chances to win than we thought, especially after Kentucky struggled for the second straight week, South Carolina lost again, Mizzou was beaten by Boston College, and of course, then there's the Vanderbilt Commodores. So now let's get to the very ugly part of the analogy. Vanderbilt 62 to nothing loss at home to Georgia. The Doors were not expected to compete with the Bulldogs, but I think some semblance of resistance was expected, and very little was presented on West End on Saturday. It's hard for a 62 to nothing shutout to be actually worse than the score indicated, but it probably was. The Dogs were up 35 to nothing after one quarter. One quarter, which was all that starting quarterback JT Daniels played. Vanderbilt completed five total passes the entire game. They were outgained 532 to 77, and they turned the ball over three times. Clark Lee's rebuild continues to look more and more difficult by the week as Commodore fans continue to ask where the bottom is. Georgia, on the other hand, looks to be every bit the equal of Alabama as the Dogs' defense has now given up a grand total of 16 points in four games this season which, coincidentally, is the same number of points that the Georgia defense has scored. Two touchdowns and a safety. As it turns out, things get very interesting for Georgia and Alabama this weekend, as the Dogs will host a top-10 Arkansas team, while Nick Saban and the Tide will host Lane Kiffin and a top-15 Ole Miss squad. It is going to be one hell of an SEC weekend we've got coming our way. Nashville SC extended its unbeaten streak on Sunday, but it was a very forgettable nothing-nothing tie on the road against Chicago. The boys in gold did not have Hani Mukhtar or CJ Sapong, and it showed as the offense struggled for most of the evening. But Nashville SC landed a point, and it sets up future playoff-style matches with Orlando City and New York City FC this week. It's okay to be unsatisfied with a draw against a bad team, especially when no one scores. But this team extended its unbeaten streak without two of its three offensive stars as they stayed focused on upcoming matches against top-flight Eastern Conference competition. The playoffs are looming, home field advantage is looming, and the squad is facing their fourth and fifth matches in just two weeks. Nashville will finally return home to face Orlando City on Wednesday evening before traveling to the Big Apple to face New York City FC on Sunday. 
We are, of course, brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. You know what they're all about. They're all about trust. They're all about craftsmanship. They're all about the process. And they're all about making sure you have all of the information before you make any big decisions about your home. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. That's the Kingston Group. They are award-winning for a reason. BuildKG.com is the website. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. I hope you took some of my advice when I threw out my picks last week. Went 4-2. and Got to brag when you get it right, if you're going to rip on yourself when you get it wrong. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Again, thank you all for listening. This has been the 444 Monday, September 27th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.